Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. The thing that, like, I guess scared me when I, before I was a dad, is losing my personality, losing who I am, because I feel like a lot of people, men and women, both lose their personalities. They just become like, I'm a mom and that's it, or I'm a dad and that's it. Hey guys, welcome to Attentive Fatherhood on the Believe Podcast Network. I'm Bradley Hasemeyer, and this is the podcast for all us dads out there just trying our best. Wanted to take a quick second and just give a shout out to all you guys listening to this podcast. Recently, I've gotten a couple DMs on my IG. People saying, this has been fantastic. Thank you so much for making this. Somebody else said, this is exactly the community my husband needs. I'm so happy that there are people out there tagging their dad friends, texting them links, saying, hey guys, check out this podcast I just found because that's super helpful to me and ultimately really just the whole dad community. So thanks. On today's show, Jamie Price, or you may know him as Jamie Price Photo on Instagram. I met Jamie a few years ago at the track. He's a motorsport photographer. I'll get into that in a little bit. I had already been following him on Instagram. His photos are just crazy. He's got so much talent and skill, and I love cars, so of course I loved following him. But I was on set. Uh, I was shooting some stuff with another brand as far as being on set and talking about like automotive stuff or whatever, and my director was like, hey, this is Jamie Price. He's super cool. And one of the first things that stuck out to me, it kind of struck me as odd, is imagine this media room, which is really just like a a, a vocational kind of bunker where all these media types and journalists are there. They're all like grizzled and and, uh, haggard and they're just they're tired. They've been working so hard. And then all of a sudden is this like fresh face. This guy who looks like he's a cross between like a, a fraternity president running for mayor and, and this the salesman of the year at Vineyard Vines. This guy just says hi. And he was so casual about it. And this is a guy who was motorsport press photographer of the year. He's paid by major racing teams and, and, and brands like Lamborghini to fly around the world and take pictures of their cars. His photos have been in Sports Illustrated, New York Times, ESPN, Road and Track, and probably some of your walls or at least wallpaper on your phone or your computer. It's just this guy is so talented. And yet he was just like, hey, what's up? Like we've been friends forever. And I loved that. One of the types of races that he covers a lot is called endurance racing. You may not know this about racing, but there are races that will run for 6, 8, 12, 24 hours. Of course, you're swapping out drivers, but the car is going for 24 hours. That means Jamie is going for 24 hours. Actually, he drove there, got there early, set up camp, got everything going, then covers a 24-hour race, then stays after to edit photos, then he takes off and drives himself back to the airport. We're talking this guy can be up for 36 to 48 hours straight, and he literally takes thousands of photos per race. You look at your iPhone or, or your smartphone or whatever, and you're thinking, oh gosh, I took a lot of photos at my kid's birthday party. Nothing like what Jamie does. It's crazy. So a couple of quick dad stats. He lives in Charlotte. He's been married five years. He has a three-year-old son named James, and he's got another kid on the way. I really love talking to him because he gets into 
how tough that work-life balance can be, especially for someone who's freelance. He even admits he's not good at setting boundaries and saying like, you know, email time is off or phone time is off. He's got to excuse himself from the table sometimes. And I know that's not an easy thing to do. So I really appreciated him being really honest about that. We also lament the fact that once you have a young kid, you can't just do simple things like go to the grocery store. You, You have to plan for it. I also loved how as a father, he's really passionate about his children finding their passions and and the hobbies that you can have your whole life doesn't even have to be your job but finding those things that really bring joy to you fly fishing is one of those things for him so without further ado jamie price it's so good to see you buddy i'm adding in applause i have missed you i've truly (laughs) missed you I, I normally get to see you when you're sleeping under the bench in the uh, media room between <laughs> races, which happens about three minutes during a 24-hour period, uh, or running around the track or in a golf cart or harassing some fellow photographer by taking their picture of them taking a picture of you. I just, I miss all the antics. You literally see me at my worst, basically. <laughs> <laughs> well, I was, that's one of the reasons I want to talk to you, because at first was like, who would marry this guy? Yeah. Who would sign up for a kid? <laughs> Knowing the the side of him that I know, that's, should, should, that's, I, should I should I go get her so we can so we can both <laughs> figure out these questions because I don't I, have the answers. I don't think she does either, and that makes her an amazing woman. I think yeah. is the, it's like volunteering for a nonprofit. She's like, I'll sign up for this. It's <laughs> it's going to be exhausting, but yeah. ultimately rewarding. Yeah, ultimately, but it's going to be more work than it's probably worth. <laughs> All right, dude. Thank you again for being here and being a part of this. You're such a busy dude, so I appreciate you carving out some time. Uh, it's also weird to call you Jamie Price and not Jamie Price Photo. I know. That's like I'm so used to calling people by their Instagram names. Do, is that you get that a lot? Uh, sometimes, not not a lot of just people say JP. I don't oh, know. JP is. Are we yeah. at that level? Can I call yeah, you JP? We're at, we're definitely at that level. All right. Well, let's get some dad stats off right at the top. Uh, I have been married for four years as of last week. Um, em- Emily and I met on Tinder. And what? we I know, crazy. Um, I was actually driving to a race weekend and matched with her when I was on Tinder. And um, four years later, we are still together. And we have a little boy named James who's just turned two in February. And we have one that's cooking currently. Come on. Oh, man, we're going to get into that. Um, how would you describe James in one word? Uh, he's just fun. Like he's got he's got the best best personality. I don't know who he got it from. It's definitely not me. and It's definitely not Emily. But um, he has like a great mix of both of us. He's always up for a fun time. He loves being outside. Yeah, he's fun. Now, how did that conversation come about? Like, let's go ahead and start for kids. Or was that just like, we'll just see what happens. And all of a sudden you got a kid and now you got another one coming. Uh, It was kind of something between the two. We were both like, honestly, we didn't try and plan it. But with my racing schedule, because I'm a self-employed contractor and I don't get a paycheck like every week, you know, I just kind of have a different life covering race cars around the world. We kind of tried to time James where during my slow season, if we could. So February is actually like about the slowest time of year for me. It's February and December, the other quiet months. And we were like, you know, we if we could have one in February, that would be great. And we got James in February. So is the experience like pit lane for you when you go to the hospital? Um, I did have my camera. I wanted to make sure that I was able to document it. And because photography is something I'm really passionate about. And also it's not just a job, but I, I love it. I wanted to be able to capture his entrance to the world. And also this moment for Emily in a way that 
I would be proud of and um, just something we could look back on. And I just imagine anybody who, see, who sees your Instagram, you do such a good job of bringing people behind the scenes and what you do. But you have these ultra long lenses with like two hands holding the lens. I can imagine you're like the next building over so that you get nice depth separation in a, you know, shooting like F 1.4. I went with the, uh, the, what, what did I have on? I think it was kind of like the street photographer set up for, um, for the delivery room. And normally they don't actually like you. They don't allow you to video for, I guess, medical reasons, because if something happens that they don't want to be oh. on video, <laughs> <laughs> that's a little shady. We don't want you yeah. watching cause we're not sure what we're doing and we don't want to get in trouble for it. it yeah. That, I mean, that's, that's their most hospitals rules that you're not allowed to video. So, um, I kind of asked permission. I was like, is it okay if I start taking pictures now? And they're like, yeah, go for it. What about number two? Was that like a, everything's going great with James. Let's have a whole bunch of kids. Or was this kind of like, uh, yeah, it just kind of happened. It kind of happened. We were, we were ready to start talking about that. And neither of us wanted, I mean, you know how it is. You get so comfortable with your life and you get in a routine and you kind of not have parenting figured out, but it's, it's more like I it's day to day. Like I could kind of do it in my sleep now. And both of us want to, we're done after this one. So I'm taking scissors to myself in the kitchen. As soon as this is, as soon as this one comes out healthy and happy and screaming. Um, but yeah, we were both kind of like, we don't want to get too far down the line where, you know, we don't even remember what it's like to be changing diapers and the other one's totally self-sufficient. And then you have to get thrown back into the whole mayhem of, you know, not sleeping, which is already a problem for me. Um, I felt like with Ellis, our now seven year old, we too had a rhythm down. We figured it out. This is how it's going to be. I'll travel and do this thing and come home. You go and do this thing and we could kind of trade off. We've added Loic in the mix, who's a year, just over a year. And all bets are off again. Yeah. So we were like, let's, you know, let's start talking about this. And then she told me right before Christmas this year that we were pregnant again. So that was our Christmas present. How did that go? Was that like uh, a, t- a total shock or was it kind of like, oh, OK, this, this kind of makes sense? I was pretty surprised. Yeah, I didn't really see it coming because we weren't trying. It wasn't like we, we'd like, let's let's not wait too long on this. But it, we weren't trying. So I'll, I'm definitely going to have to miss a race or two this year yeah. um, to be a dad, which yep. is fine. Yep. Well, that, that to me is such a great segue into how would you define fatherhood? I guess there's two ways to do that, to answer that. The, the one answer would be that, you know, fatherhood to me is like being present, being here, being, you know, a, a good mentor of, you know, how to, to care for the planet and how to care for ourselves and how to be a motivated, active person and, and teaching all the fun things that I was taught when I was a kid. And then there's the side of, you know, balancing the work, work side of me, which is a totally different personality from having to be there sitting on the, on the ground, you know, messing around with chalk and paint. And like last night we were, you know, digging around in the yard for worms and stuff like that. So I, I love the juxtaposition of like, there's the work side of my life and then there's the daddy side of my life. And I love your definition of fatherhood as far as just being present and being there, which I know must be a little bit difficult because you are physically gone so, so often. And so, you know, trying to be there, I think is, is such a tough thing. Um, But I think that's the weirdness of fatherhood is that tension. We just exist in constant tension, I feel like. And, and like, no, no situation is the same. Like in some ways I feel like I'm really lucky because eventually I'll be able to take him 
with me to some of these racetracks and give him access that most people can't even dream of. That's a great perspective. Um, and, but also have, you know, those, like when I'm not traveling, I'm pretty much fully present. Like I'm, I, I don't know that I've ever done the math on it, but my average year, I probably work less than most dads, like out as far as like hours being gone or at work. So when I'm home, I'm, I'm truly home. Um, and I can be there for bed and bath every night and I'm there in the mornings and, you know, it's only like every other week kind of thing, or, you know, some days, some weeks during the really busy season, it's every week that I'm on gone gone from like Thursday to Sunday kind of thing. But, you know, from Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday morning, I'm here. Is your kind of philosophy for work life, like a clear boundary, like this is work time and this is dad time, like separate, or or do you feel like it all just kind of blends in and it's kind of hard to separate? It blends and it's hard to separate. And honestly, it's, it's been a problem just because I am self-employed and I don't have anybody throwing me work. It's all just coming from my own ability to hunt and chase work. Yeah. Um, through it's the networking. hustle. Yeah. The hustle never ends. And that was, that's the way my dad was. My dad is, is very much a hustler and there's no, there's no days off because you don't want there to be like, you know, you want there to be days off, but you also we're, I'm passionate about what I do. So having to have that clear delineation is, is really hard because I'll get, you know, somebody emailing me, you know, asking for pictures at all hours of the day. Cause my clients are all over the world and it's in the middle of dinner time. And so I'll be like, Hey, Emily, can I go shoot off an email or a couple pictures to this person that needs it? it it's really hard to, to take that separation and be like, this is work time. This is play time. That's hard. I, I totally resonate with that too. I mean, there's, there's parts of me that really, you know, get burned out of the grind. You know, like I feel like my schedule right now is to work like during this time. So kind of like nine to noon and then it's, you know, full dad mode until about eight o'clock at night. And then it's like eight to 10, I can get more work done. And sometimes I'm like, I just wish that, you know, and that doesn't always pay off. So it's like, sometimes I'm like, I just wish I had that, you know, paycheck every two weeks or whatever. But then the flip side of that is like, I'm present and here and I've seen so much and I've been able to connect with my kids in ways that a lot of my friends who are dads are like, as they've gotten older now and they've got kids in middle school and high school, because I'm from the South, so people have kids at like age 12, they, uh, they've said, dude, like you're so lucky. We wish we could have had that. You know, we were at our accounting firm or whatever and we thought, you know, work up until there's, there'll be that day, there'll be that day and that day kind of never comes and that's, that's tough. It is really hard. I mean, everybody's different. Everybody has their own ways of doing it. Have you found any kind of like dad hack or like life trick for for making that work? Because I too am freelance and I too have to set those boundaries really self-imposed in a lot of ways. Um, you know, I'm, I don't have the same kind of global access. I'm more of a coastal guy. So around dinner time, West Coast is catching up to emails that I've sent or, you know, auditions or whatever. And so it's it trying to find like, when am I working? When am I on? When am I off? And I found actually, as my daughter gets older, it's more important because she notices I'm on the phone. Let's sit on the couch and watch a movie. I'm not watching a movie. I'm on my phone. So we've had to create like the couch is a no phone zone, like those kind of things. Have you guys done anything like that? That that's a takeaway for our dads here. Well, not not so much with James. Like I, we both really try and be present with him when he's um, when he's you know playing or when we're playing with him when we're all together. Uh, but he's he's only really just become that age where he is 
really aware of what we're doing and when he's trying to get his, your attention like he's only started calling me daddy in the last like week and it's been previously it's been dada and now it's daddy and he'll like he'll change he'll change his um his tone he'll be like daddy like like focus like, like hello <laughs> yeah um so we're I, we're both really good about that anyway where we're trying not to be on our phones when we're around him when we're playing when we're outside but you know i get calls at all hours of the day and it it's really hard be, and those are, those phone calls are important but you have to be able to balance the the dad stuff too hey dad's just going to interrupt here real quick for some real talk now listen i don't know if your shower routine used to be like mine but if it was it was a bar of soap and a shampoo conditioner combo that you got at the 99 cent store but now i'm in charge of small people's lives and i think i can do better than that Thankfully, the team at Bird is here to help. Now, these guys have won awards from Men's Health and GQ. I've been using their products for more than a year now, and I'm so impressed. Their products use a ton of naturally derived ingredients, which actually makes a difference if you're going to be slopping lotion all over you and washing your face. I mean, your skin is full of pores. Do you want chemicals and stuff just being soaked into your body? No, of course not. They have a body wash, which I love. It's got sea kelp and green tea and aloe vera, and it's it's just amazing all the stuff that they've got in there. Now, to support Attempting Fatherhood and dads like you and me, they're offering 15% off with the code BIRDAF for Attempting Fatherhood. Now, I'll put the link in the podcast notes to make it easy, but it's awesome because that supports the show, and you get a great deal, and you make your life that little bit better. Okay, now back to the show. So no, I haven't found any uh, any life hacks. So, <laughs> you know, uh, I'm open to suggestions. Okay, cool. Hopefully, the, this dad community can uh, send some ideas to you. Kind of springboarding off of that, you mentioned that that your dad was a hustler. What is something from your relationship with your dad that you find yourself incorporating into your current role as dad? And what's something that maybe you want to evolve or leave behind? Uh, he was always very hands on with us, which is which was fun. Um, you know, he and I would play outside a lot. We'd do a lot of yard work. And so there was always a lot of time spent together. Um, we had a huge passion for horses together. So being able to just do do things with him um, and not just like watching TV or going to the movies. Like we went on trips and we did guy stuff and we went on camping trips for my birthday every year. So being able to be that kind of hands-on dad that my dad was, even though he was also a self-employed um, entrepreneur and owned his own business and didn't go to college, but just hustled his entire life for, for money and for work and, and made it really successful. Having those qualities instilled to me and being a personable like businessman and being able to really sell yourself, but also be somebody that people want to interact with because that's just part of business. Um, you know, passing those things on to James and my parents were both really good at, um, manners i guess where that's the south man that's the south yeah yeah you can you can people can can say whatever they want about the south but we hold doors open for people and you talk and you you talk politely to people um you know and so i'm we're both my parents taught that to me and i'm very much 
trying to pass that to James and, and our little girl down the road. I feel like you're already doing that just to encourage you, at least with James. I mean, just taking him to the Lambo dealer and involving him in those types of things. And I, I'm, a, I'm the type of dad who is great at doing. That's how I bond. Like Ellis yeah. and I would go on hikes together. I'd put her in one of these Osprey packs. And like when I was living in Phoenix, we would have weekends free and I would just hike up with her and hike down and we would say ABCs and sing Little Mermaid. And, you know, and we did lots of road trips as families together. And so I'm that you know, uh, I kind of have the kids as it were, or, you know, if Kirsten's working, I'm in charge of making sure the family is still functioning. It's usually like, let's go on a walk. Let's go on a bike ride. Let's go run errands. I'm such a doer. So I I totally see that. Yeah. Yeah. I'm I'm definitely a a doer. There's definitely stuff that I know in my own life that I'll be leaving behind. So what about you? So I guess the the thing I'd really like to leave behind would be to have passions and hobbies that you can have for your entire life. And being, you know, not just a, a person with manners, but also have those things that you can do to to decompress from work down the road, whatever it is that he ends up doing with his life. Um, for me, it's fly fishing. That was what I was really, you know, gifted with when I was in a young a young man. So being able to share those things with him and and leave behind those memories that I can, you know, ha- leave with him just to. You know, we we went fly fishing with dad or hiking and all those do things that you're just talking about are very much things that I, I want to leave behind for him. I love that. And what's something maybe from your own kind of from your experience with your dad that he did that you're like, I'm not going to really do that. Um, I don't really know that I have an answer to that, to be honest, because I don't really feel like my dad did anything that I, I don't feel like would, it was good parenting. I haven't gotten there yet. It might change as I like, (laughs) you know, as we become like older and as we become, you know, more like our dads, you're like, man, I see a lot of my dad in this. Just trying, maybe, maybe trying to, trying to keep the patience level from, from getting like, you know, hitting the rev limiter at some points. But I know from personal experience, it's really hard to do that. (laughs) That is so true and so accurate. I think one of the dads I was talking to um, just the other day was talking about stop and breathe, Mm -hmm. relax, it's going to be okay. And he was like, I have to tell myself that so many times during the day because of that, like the, but the acknowledgement of needing that kind of patience, I think is so vital it, but it doesn't mean we don't be honest with our kids. I mean, I've told Ellis before, like, I am so frustrated right now. I love you. I need to walk away, especially if Kirsten's around, you know, someone else to be there. And, and I can say that and come back to it later and have a discussion about it. Like, you know how you get frustrated with your friends. I too was getting frustrated and trying to turn that weakness into a strength, really being more just aware, I think is really helpful. Yeah. I think that's, you know, James isn't at an age where I can really do that and communicate to that, communicate that to him yet, but we're getting there. Like there's, you know, he's full on in the terrible twos, um, temper tantrums. I've cut the, I cut his piece of toast the wrong way and it's tears and you cut his toast the way he wants it to be to cut and it's tears. So, you know, we've started to like sit him down and be like, now listen, we, you know, you're allowed to get frustrated, but we can also be frustrated, but you have to learn to, to share those frustrations in a, a productive way. Yeah, totally. So he's starting, he's starting to get that just through our tone of voice more than anything. Do you guys watch Daniel Tiger or I guess does he? <laughs> yeah, Daniel Tiger and Mother Goose Club. And uh, he's I feel like Daniel blig- Tiger was I, I should have watched Daniel Tiger in my like teens and 20s. I tell people it's like emotional Sesame Street. Like it's like yeah. how to deal with your emotions, 
how to, you know, mad, mad, mad. It helps to say I'm mad. I'm like, yes, it does. I wish someone told me that growing up. No one told me that. They said, sweep, 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 sweep it under the rug. Yeah. And I was like, <laughs> and then go to therapy. <laughs> yeah. And then now I've got thousands of dollars of therapy bills in LA when I'm in my twenties and thirties. Just Daniel, if, had, if he had interceded on my behalf, that would I guess maybe we just didn't pay enough attention to Mr. Rogers because it was probably in there too. I totally agree. I totally agree. I think there was no, no one translated Mr. Rogers for me. It was just fun. And that was it. You know, there was no, my wife. There's a man in a sweater. That's it. And and he wore like Keds or Vans. I just remember these like slip on, like he was so OG with it. Yeah. Is there anything that you thought this is what fatherhood's going to be? You find out, you know, your, your wife's pregnant with James and you're like, this is it. Here we go. And then you get to it and you're like, oh shit, this was not what I was looking for. Um, I had a couple friends that were actually very honest with me, which I'm really thankful for. Emily didn't l- really love it. Like I had people come up to me like, listen, dude, like just straight up honest telling you the, 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 the truth here. The first four or five months just sucks. Like there's no, there's no way to, to make it not suck. You're just kind of along for the ride and there's sleep deprivation and crying because for no reason, and I kind of had a pretty good idea of what it was going to be like. Obviously, everything's different when you actually get there. And but I, I did actually feel like I was pretty well prepared mentally to have that. It was more like the amount of the amount of work and just the th- I guess the thing that was really just a shock was just to go to the grocery store or go anywhere is like it takes like a day of planning and and you can't just like like i'm just gonna go to the grocery i'm gonna go to the grocery store i need a box of cereal and now it's like okay well what time of day can we go to (laughs) can we go to the grocery store that doesn't interfere with his with his schedule right and what do we need to to bring to the grocery store like when we go for an overnight trip to my parents or the beach or the lake like you might as well just move the house that's exactly right you may as well be moving it's like you you know i remember that was i'm so so glad you said that that was so spot on i had people tell me like the beginning of of you know being a baby like all oh, this is, is tough it's hard there's no way around it but but it was that other stuff it was the and I'm such an independent like when I travel on airplanes I love flying solo I'm streamlined I've got the smallest amount of things I can bring that do the most amount of things I mean as a photographer running around a track clearly you're not someone who loves to haul a bunch of gear around so that's in your no. ethos too and it is so true it's like all right so we're gonna do groceries tomorrow that means that let's prep the diaper bag tonight we need solid food liquid food a change of clothes diapers wipes the bag that and you're just like what the hell? Let's just yeah. starve. I think we're I, just going to starve. I think that's just how it's going to be. I'm very independent, but kind of also like fly by the seat of my pants. Um, like just, you know, whatever happens, we'll, we'll deal with it. And Emily's not really that way. Um, she is in some ways, but not in all ways. And that was the biggest shock where like everything takes uh it's like a battle plan like we're we're generals going to war and you have to have a battle plan and backups to your battle plans and when it all just goes you know belly up with a screaming infant or toddler oh well that's it i mean and that's (laughs) i guess we'll starve (laughs) (laughs) exactly all right fine we're just not gonna eat today I would rather not eat than do all of this to go to the grocery store. Exactly. Yeah. It's like, it's been, that's been really the biggest frustration for me is letting go of that, um, that independence and, and just ability to just, you know, 
Like I, I loved getting together and going out for beers with my buddies and yeah, it just doesn't happen anymore. And it, those days going fly fishing don't happen as frequently. They happen, but not as frequently. And just the the time to juggle at home is is more important, but also like it just takes more energy. Is there kind of like a go-to for you to keep your mental sanity? What keeps you sane? It's not so much the twice a week type thing. It's if I can go fly fishing once a month or once every other month or something. And it's not like I'm just going to pop out to a pond for an hour. It's like I'm going to get up at five and I'll see you at 10. Um, And whatever happens in between, I won't have cell service. So good luck. (laughs) And that's kind of really what like grounds me and like puts me back in my head space but but not just being a dad but for work too it, yeah it really i need that for me like you need to go work or you need that no I, I just i need that i need that head space to be clear and i need to have that ability to to think but also use another part of my brain and another you know muscles and and things that i don't do during the day normally with james or just at at races just the ability to go and decompress at a river and catch some trout is really important to me and so i love that did you kind of discover that along the way or was that like even before marriage and kids that was implemented in your life uh before marriage and kids it was it was not as implemented and i didn't realize the importance of it as i do now but now that i do have all these other things like all the if you're a juggler and you've got six balls up in the air and you're holding the one and you're like uh <laughs> they're all so, coming yeah they're all coming so i'm just gonna hold on to this one little ball for one yeah. little bit one minute longer um that was something that i really i leaned on that for a long time just with work because it is so stressful and the amount of time you're spending on on the road and in airports and racetracks and just dealing with client stuff and the whole side of the the job um that i also need that that decompression for work not just being a dad i love that now what about like dads around you do you feel like there's other dads that are like hey jamie how you doing how's your dad life or is it just kind of like because i find the dad community when you like most dad things when you get into it people want to talk they want to talk about this like dads want to talk but it's also just not so natural for us to bring up and having a podcast like this really allows me to consciously drill into this um, but you know, what's that like for you? Are you kind of on an Island there? Um, I'm not on an Island, but there is a pretty like, so in, in my workspace, like one of my, one of my very good friends is a dad, um, here in Charlotte and he has two kids. So, you know, we talk a lot, we talk regularly. He was one of those people that kind of gave me the, the real, like, here's how it's going to be kid yeah. talks before James was born. But at the track, when I'm at races, there's a couple guys that are dads. Like a, it's honestly, most of the drivers that are friends of mine that are dads that we kind of talk. But a lot of the photographers, you're either like, I'm kind of in a weird middle ground of age like there's the kids there's the guys that are my age or a little bit younger that aren't married don't have kids and don't have those problems that i have but then there's the dads that are in their like later 40s or 50s kind of or even older than that too that are just in a totally different part of dad life like their Mm -hmm. kids are grown and off to college and right or learning to drive or things like that 
So there, I'm, I'm kind of alone in, in my age group at the track, but I do have people that I kind of lean on and, you know, I actually have a mom. Um, there's a, a friend of mine who's also a photographer and she had her daughter about the same time we had James. And so she travels the same circuit and does the same stuff as I do. So we talk a lot about like what, what our kids are doing and you know, what they're saying and all those fun things. So she was one of the first people we told, um, when we were pregnant and, you know, it's, we've been, I I've had, I've had a little bit of support from the mom side as well. It's not just been dads, but I do have some good support on the dad side. Now, obviously as someone who travels quite a bit, how do you, how do you balance that as far as like, do you FaceTime a lot? Do you, you know, leave notes in the lunch boxes? Like what are the things that you do to stay connected at home while, you know, you have to, you have to travel. That's not really a negotiable at this yeah. point in your career. Yeah. It's not a negotiable at this point. Um, I don't I honestly don't know how people did what I do like 20 or 30 years ago before FaceTime. I mean, even at the beginning of my career, FaceTime didn't exist. And when I was, you know, checking in with my parents back in the day, like when I would travel, like you'd have to get these like when I would go to Europe, you'd get these crazy like apps on your phone that were like Internet voice over IP type stuff. And now you can do it for free on Wi-Fi with FaceTime and it's amazing. So we do a lot of FaceTiming. I do a lot of FaceTiming with Emily and James and um, it's kind of, it's not a lot of fun because it's very, he's very distracted through it. Like he wants to show you this, but then like run off and do his own thing. And, (laughs) you know, so it ends up kind of being like, James, daddy's on the phone. Like let's focus for a minute. And he doesn't. So you know, we're, we're still at that age where it's not a lot of fun for him because he doesn't really get it, but it's starting to get there where he can like be a little bit more engaged on the phone and say words and you can ask him questions. So eventually we'll be able to do like more bedtime routine. Like I can read a book on FaceTime, all that kind of stuff. And not just, not just have it be like, all right, well, I hope you had a great day. Love you, buddy. (laughs) But FaceTime is amazing. I don't know how people, people did it before the internet and, you know, bye, honey, I'm going to be gone for three weeks in France, Germany, and Italy, and I'll see you in next month. I mean, I think you I'll really hit a postcard. Yeah, you really hit on a big cultural thing there too, which is like, I think it sounds like your dad was really involved. My dad was as well, but he was involved as much as he kind of thought he was supposed to be, slash was kind of expected based on my mom. My parents are still together. And, and you know, growing up, it was very clear delineation of like whose job is what and, you know, dad's breadwinner and comes home. And, um, but I don't think there was expectation. My dad was great about writing cards and, and things like that whenever he would travel, but there was no expectation of that. It was like, yeah, you are going to be gone for three weeks. It's this hunter gatherer caveman <laughs> kind of like, don't mess with the system, bro. This is working. And, yeah. and I think things have changed a lot because technology's allowed us to be more involved. Um, I, I don't know about you, but I feel like there's a real shift from dads that are kind of in our age bracket that are more hands-on, more involved, and the technology really allows that. Totally. I mean, I it wasn't that long ago that dads like kind of refused to do diapers. And now I don't even, I mean, nobody's counting how many diapers we've changed, but it's a lot. How many diapers have you changed? You're like, oh, four. I changed four. There was one in March. Uh, You know, the the airplane, we changed one on the airplane. Yeah, what he what he pooped when we had a massive blowout. That was it. Those those three times. I was just yeah. third third support. Actually, an airline stewardess was helping as well. <laughs> I felt bad, so I stepped in. Yeah, I mean, I hadn't changed a diaper ever before James popped out, and um, yeah, you learn you learn pretty quickly. And you know, I think it's uh, nobody enjoys like 
wiping up poop off somebody's bottom, but you know, it's just part of being a dad. I was talking to another dad. I think this was Jared as well. Cause we just talked the other day, but he was saying, I was like, what's something about fatherhood you didn't expect? He's like, I didn't expect to talk so much about baby poop. <laughs> yeah. It's, like it's a whole, and it's like CSI, especially if your kid's like a little off, you're like, how was their poop? What color was it? Was it soft? Was it hard? What, did you see anything in there? Was did there, was like there a little sour smell? Yeah, exactly. What was the smell? I wasn't in there wafting. I wasn't wafting the diaper, honey. I don't know. It's this color, yeah. you know? Em- Emily was very much that way where she like wanted to know all the details, like, and re- basically kept a journal of uh yes. bowel, bowel movements and things for a while <laughs> and uh you know like the pediatricians like they they ask you so many questions like how many how many peas has he had in a day how many how many bowel movements and you're like i don't know like and james is pretty regular like it's it's a lot <laughs> so <laughs> he's just going 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 oh yeah like sometimes four or five times a day and it's Dang. like yeah you need a diaper sponsorship that's what you need some uh pampers is i is our is our is your choice brand of choice All yeah right. we, we pay for the good stuff yeah of course well i mean it's it's a little bit now for uh you know to prevent rashes and a, you know a crying baby i'll gladly plunk down some change for that it's it's crazy how much uh how much it costs though actually before we had james we had a um a diaper party for me so a bunch of my buddies came over and we had we played beer pong and we we just played um some guy games and had some drinks and the requirement was everybody had to bring a box of diapers and i and we got thousands thousands and thousands of diapers and you're like we'll never ever go through these diapers uh, we went through them and so then like quick. a month later you're like we need diapers do you miss those times like the like, you know, the bro hangs, the the go get a beer or do you kind of feel like that was almost like a different chapter and like this is the new one? No, I do miss it. I miss the I miss like being able to that that independence and freedom where you can just go get a beer or get, you know, a pizza with some of your guys and and not like I mean, I'm so tired now. Like uh, that yeah. I don't know. I, <laughs> I don't I, even I, want to go. Don't invite me cuz I'm going to feel bad about <laughs> saying no. I've got to be in bed by 9, bro. I'm up at Literally, 5:30. we're 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 up we're in bed around 9:15 or 9:30. James James is a great sleeper though, so you know, but I just because of my my schedule at the track is really intense. Um, when I'm home, I definitely take advantage of all the sleep that I can get. So it's, it's just hard. It's just like the time. And I do miss those days where you can just go get a beer, go get a pizza, go play top golf or, you know, I'm going to, it's a Wednesday. I'm going to go fly fishing all day. And there's yeah. no, yeah, the it, logistics. Don't, you don't, you don't have to, you don't have to ask anybody's permission. Don't have to explain it to a toddler. Do you ever kind of fantasize like down the road, your kids are older, they're in college and you kind of come back to that phase again. I'm only asking cause I do that. I'm like, all right, Bradley, this is just for now. Enjoy it. Stay in the moment. It, you can't turn back time. Like try to enjoy this. There will be a time when it's just you and your wife in the car and you don't have to stop every 45 minutes cause someone and you has don't, to pee, poop and, or cry. And you, and you don't have to listen to super simple songs and all that. <laughs> <laughs> well, my wife is such a fan of like 2000s pop. So it's usually if she driving it's in sync britney spears backstreet boy which i would equate to kind of like baby shark 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 so oh, i'm i'm all about your wife's taste in music i love that um no i i it's, it's not that i fantasize about it i think it'll be like it'll be a transition where you know we go from like you, he's still taking a nap during the day and isn't as we can't like drive super far without it being like a thing. Um, 
but then eventually he'll be able to come with me, go fishing or go hiking and do all those things. Like currently we walk around our cul-de-sac and by the end of the cul-de-sac walk, he's like, hold me. And you're like, all right, well, this wasn't fun. So I'm not going to take you hiking because I'm not going to carry your ass up the mountain and back down again. You should really Um, look into uh, those, those uh, carry packs. Like I had, so we have one and the, the thing is so uncomfortable. I have like, I need a chiropractor by the time. Oh no. Yeah. Yeah. That's no good. Send me, send me the one you have. Okay, we yeah. need a. I don't. The one that I have is terrible. Like I know how a, a, a camping pack should fit, and it should yeah. sit all on your hips. Right. And right. the one that we have is like shoulder heavy, and it has the it has the waist clip, but it's very uncomfortable, and I don't really want to walk very far with it because by the end of it, I'm like, I need a I need a chiropractor to pop me back into alignment. <laughs> yeah, this is again not not worth it. I'd rather starve. <laughs> I was rather let's, we're just not going to do that. Let's not go on a hike. This doesn't sound fun for anybody. Nobody. Nobody's happy. But I, I look forward to the the day where he can just say like, I want to go fishing with you and be down to do it all day with me. And we can, we can go out and have a, a guy's day and, and not have all the, the baggage. Mm, I like that. How would you encourage other fathers out there? Yeah. I mean, I guess just take every one day at a time and, um, and be passionate about, the things that you're passionate about and and through that you'll be able to give that same thing to your kids and nobody has to live their life behind a desk to find something that that makes you feel like you're alive and that passion will will spread to your your children hopefully the thing that like i guess scared me when i before i was a dad is losing my personality losing who i am because i feel like a lot of people men and women both lose their personalities they just become like i'm a mom and that's it or i'm a dad and that's it you're still going to be a dad but you also have to be a husband a father all those other things a friend and if you don't have the things that make you you you're there's you know being a dad is only so much you have to be able to give something uh, and still have the the things that make you unique to every other person in this world. However, seven billion, so let's call it four, three and a half, four billion other men in the world. What makes you different? I think that's great, and that's that well roundedness. I think is so vital. Also, because if you're just if you're you know if you're just so focused on one thing, like let me be a great dad. I remember this in acting class. Like they were like. There were people that were like, I'm actors, I'm actors, I read about acting, I study acting, I do acting. And our teachers were like, no, all you're going to be is an actor who's good at acting. You have to live life. I think that like the people that really are able to to enjoy like life and, and being a good dad is such a subjective. Yeah. Like there's such an open space broad spectrum like maybe you change all the diapers and that makes you a good dad but there's so many definitions to being a good dad so i think being a good dad is you know just being yourself and and being kind and teaching your morals and you know teaching your kids to have you know care for others and be passionate about things is is just being a good dad and there's a lot of a lot of flex in that i appreciate you saying that i think that's such a freeing thing as you said, I think you touched on something that a lot of us dads feel, which is kind of the fear of of losing, you know, your lifestyle is going to change. Yes, that's natural. No matter if you got a different job, your lifestyle would change. But but losing yourself is kind of scary, especially if you like yourself. And, yeah. you know, especially if it's later <laughs> in life, you're not 22 getting married. You're fairly established. You're in your late 20s or 30s. And, and then you feel like, is this thing going to totally wreck who I am? I've spent a long time 
becoming awesome. It's hard to like make that like stick in your mind because some days you just feel like just buried under a mountain of diapers and screaming and nothing's good enough. Uh, everything you do, you put the toys away the wrong way. You put, you know, I picked the wrong flower when we're on a walk. Like all those oh, we've things. We've all been there. Pick the wrong flower. <laughs> a classic dad fail. Clearly yeah. they wanted the tulip. No, no. Yeah. yeah. Oh, that's so, so funny. Yeah. It's, uh, it's, it's fun though. And I, I love being a dad. Well, Jamie Price, thank you for attempting fatherhood. I'm trying hard. One, <laughs> one more. We'll see how it goes. Let's see if I can do two for two. Uh, we'll have you back on uh, August uh, around midnight some night because <laughs> you'll be up anyway. So yeah, you, just you, you, pick you. Your, you pick your time. We might not get any audio in between the screams. But. <laughs> we'll have a scream. I need like a scream filter that takes out baby talk uh, yeah. in the background. That's, that's yeah. going to be helpful. Well, dude, thank you so much. Hopefully we'll be back on track again together soon. Yeah, I miss, I miss seeing you out there. Likewise. All right, dude, well, have a great day uh, and uh, get back to figuring out which are the right flowers to pick. <laughs> Thanks. <laughs> All right, see you, buddy. Hey guys, thank you so much for listening to Attempting Fatherhood. My whole hope with this is that we build a community that encourages dads and that brings new information to the table and and gets you excited about living your life, doing what you're doing. If you have felt that way, please make sure you rate us on Spotify, on Apple. Just rate us. Give us some stars, hopefully five. And make sure you share this. That's equally important. It's a great way to build community, to share this information with other dads. You know, start a text chain, whatever. That helps us. That helps you. We grow this community and all that. Thanks again for listening. Make sure you're following us on Instagram at Attempting Fatherhood. Again, thank you so much and have a great day. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.